exceedingly glad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not just all about suffering, but God does do things that will make you exceedingly glad. Amen. And he'll make you glad with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. Don't make no sense to be in Christendom and always sad all your life. You're in Christendom always looking mad and sad and bad and going through. No! After we have suffered a while. Y'all ain't ready. We will reign. Hallelujah. Thank God for his holy word. We're going to believe his word after a while. We're going to receive his word after a while. We're going to work his word after a while. We're going to act on his word after a while. Hallelujah. I'm going to move on. Give me my children's church leaders. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Dr. Boone. Y'all give him a hand. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, sir. Great anointing on his life. You don't have his CD, you need to get it. Hallelujah. Let's give our children a great big hand. Hallelujah. Oh, man, I feel so good. I know just what to do. Y'all can be seated. Hallelujah. When I hear words pertaining to me, I want to be able to act on it. I want to be able to walk it out, work it out. Amen. And today, it's just a, a, a listen, it's a, a, a great anointing in this place today. Thank God for his anointing. I want you to uh, find the scripture, Ephesians, the fifth chapter, starting with verse 31. I started a lesson last week, keeping a winning marriage because, well, that's the series, but we started a lesson last week experiencing, thank you, experiencing a winning marriage. How many of you that are married want to experience a winning marriage? And how many of you that are not married, when you get married, you want to experience a winning marriage? <laughs> Hallelujah. I know that's right. And these days, if I was thinking about getting married, if I wasn't married, I'm going to have to make sure. Bishop, give me all of the equipment. Give me all the ammunition. Give me all of the appliance. Give me everything. Everything that I need to make sure it's successful. And my experience is great. Some of you all haven't had great experiences. That's why you've done it more than once. See, I hit something there, and then it just got all quiet right there. But you want to have, you want to experience a winning marriage. When you get there, when you get there one day, you want to experience a winning marriage. But you got to take the necessary steps in order to have that. I'm going to review a little bit, and I hope you don't mind that, because I need to review to bring you up to where we were from last week. God, I feel like sowing in this place. 
in, in winning marriages, spouses give up their rights for one another. That's what we said starting out. In winning marriages, wives give, give respect to their husbands. According to verses 24, 22 through 24 and 33. In winning marriages, husbands give up uh, give give love to their wives according to verses 25 through 30 and then 33. And then uh, finally we're going to talk about today in winning marriages spouses give Christ their reverence. Reverence being the key word in that. So if you allow me to review uh, the ladies felt last week that I hit them pretty hard. And the men say I didn't so we just going to see how it comes out. Let me review a little bit. We asked the question, what is a winning marriage? And then we answered it by saying a winning marriage is one in which both the husband and wife experience the joy and unity even amid struggles, because you're going to have them, that comes from being uni uh, 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 united physically, emotionally, and spiritually. God wants you to be united physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Amen? So in other words, he created us to be unified. He created us to be united. Say that with me. He created us to be united. In other words, there's some oneness that's going on there, right? I'm just reviewing. Don't get scared. And so we found out that over 50% of marriages end up in divorce. And one reason why there was no joy maintained in the relationship. Now, why was that? Because it was the, the two of you were supposed to become one. There was no joy in there because you didn't make it any joy. You are the joy makers in the relationship. And if no joy in there, it's your fault. Because many of us say that we believe God in his word with our mouths. I'm just reviewing. But we don't really believe him with our actions. I wish he'll go ahead and read the scripture. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and read it then. Since y'all in a hurry, I'm going to go ahead and read it. You don't want me to do the reviewing in the can out, so let me go here and hurry up and read it. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, verse 21 says. Wives, submit to your husband as to the Lord. You still follow me? Put it up on the screen so because they, they can't get there fast enough. If you would help me, follow me on the screen. Y'all should have had it already. Hallelujah. They must be having some technical difficulties back there. I'll go ahead and read. Verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of church. I didn't see no new ones. It was just the same ones from last week. Hallelujah. For, I ain't need to make up nothing else because I had too much as it was. Hallelujah. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. 
Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. You can just hear it. It's very, very well see it. Verse 25 says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And to present her to himself, look at here, as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Oh, y'all found it. I'm in verse 28. In this same way, uh-oh, husbands got done with the women. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. You ought to love yourself as you would your own body. The problem we have, Brother Bishop, is that there are some husbands that don't love their bodies. And if he don't love his body, where does that put you? Let me go on. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. If, 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 if you're not loving your wife, you're telling me that you don't love yourself. I don't love her, but you don't love yourself. Because right here it says, he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hate his own body, but he feeds and cares for it just as Christ does. Who in the world hate their own body? Nobody should. A reasonable person wouldn't. For we are members of his body. For this reason, man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. You got to leave everybody else. And the two will become one flesh. Oh, God. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Now, we talked about that verse 21, submitting to one another. And we talked about giving up one's right. In other words, the Greek word there means to place oneself under. So the first thing that we said is that we must give up our rights. Now, giving up your rights, I'm still reviewing is not about weakness, but strength. Say that with me. It's not about weakness, but it's about strength. And so, in fact, it requires great strength to willingly give up our rights. You got to be strong to give up your rights. It's not about you being walked over, nothing like that. But we, each of us, must give up our right. Jesus gave up his right by hanging on that lonely tree. Dying for our sin. Being buried in a borrowed tomb. Died for people that really didn't care about him. But yet he gave up his rights. He didn't even know any sin. But he died for our sins anyway. 
He gave up his rights for us. So we said, after giving up your rights, we said a, a winning marriage, wives give respect to their husband. Now, ladies, if you truly want to experience a winning marriage, you need to respect your husband. Is he still reviewing? Yes. See, well, God... In his wisdom, who, who wisdom was it, God? Has given the need to men to feel respected. Watch me now. This is why he tells wives to respect their husband. It fulfills a God-designed need. Okay, let me help you. God put in each male man, not woke man or female man, but every male man to have this fulfillment when they are respected. Now, who designed it? So you fight with the wrong person. Men didn't design themselves like that. God designed us like that. Got it? And so when you respect your husband, you are loving him. Now, if you missed everything I just said while I was viewing, don't, don't miss this. It is not about your husband deserving respect. This is about trusting God. See, we get caught up in, well, I don't feel. Well, he didn't ask you about that. Well, I don't think he didn't ask you to think. Well, I, I believe he didn't ask you what you believe on this part. It is not, ladies, listen to me. It's not about him deserving anything. It's about you and God. Do I trust God to tell me what to do in this relationship in dealing with him? God, do I believe you have the answer or should I go on my own? Should I deal with him like he deal with me? No. He said, God said, trust me. Don't trust your feelings on whether you think he deserves it or not. Because the truth of the matter is none of us deserve what God gives us. We don't deserve his mercy. We don't deserve his grace. We mess it up and he gets us out anyway. Huh? We destroy stuff. God have to make it all over again. We make a mess of our lives, but God clean our lives up. Come on. Huh? We make bad decisions, but God say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake away out of nowhere. We 
mess up stuff and need help, won't ask for it, but God said, I'm going to help them anyhow. Y'all don't want no real church. You should have got happy on that part right there. I understand you can get happy on the other part, but you should have got happy on that part. Because God has done some miraculous things in your life. He has blessed you when you didn't deserve it. Unmerited favor. He has given you grace that you did not deserve. Come on here. If it had not been for God, you wouldn't even be sitting here able to clap your hand. If it had not been for God, you wouldn't be able to stand up on your feet. If it had not been for God, you couldn't even see right now. If it had not been for God, you wouldn't have the warm blood running through your veins like you've got right now. Give him the praise. Give him the glory. You know it had not been for God. You would have lost it a long time ago. The only reason why you got your sound mind is because of God. That last trial should have took you out of here. That last test should have took you over. But God called you to have joy, unspeakable joy, and full of glory in the midst of turmoil. Give him the praise. I can't help but bless him. He's done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. You know you should have been gone. You know you have messed up. You know you thought nobody saw it. You thought you had it, but God saw you. His eyes is in every place. Beholding the evil and the good. And look what he did. You asked for forgiveness and he turned right around and forgave you. Look down your own and tell everybody, he forgave me. Find you somebody else and tell them, say, he forgave me. Find you somebody and say, he forgave you too. For his forgiveness. Can y'all imagine if I would have had to die for my own sins? If you had would have to die for your own sins, we would make it. But thanks be to God, I didn't have to die for my own sins. Tap somebody say he did, he done it for me. Tell him, say, he took my place. Woo! He took my place, first lady. Good God Almighty. All right, let me let y'all sit down. Let me get, let me, let me get back. I'm just reviewing. I got to, I got to, hallelujah. God, let me get on through here. All right, ladies, I gave you an assignment last week. <laughs> I thought you weren't going to say nothing. I see you over there. You got happy over there. The Lord must hear you over in there. Hallelujah. Ten ways to respect your husband regardless of your feelings. Is that what we said last week? Ten ways to respect your husband regardless of your feelings. Y'all got them written down. Say them with me. Pray for him daily, number one. 
Number two, remember that God will lead through your husband. Number three, make a list of your husband's qualities and review them regularly. All right, number four, y'all getting quieter and quieter. Number four, tell your husband what you appreciate about him. Number five, don't criticize your husband to others, especially your children. I wish Bishop would go ahead on and get to the part two. He's still reviewing. Get off of us and get on them. Hallelujah. No, 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 no. The Lord know what he's doing. Hush. The Lord know what he's doing. Number six, look for positive for the positive sides of things that you may find irritating. Now, if you can't write these down real fast, just go download our app and go to the notes. Y'all help them out if they're visiting and they're having it. They won't have to write. They can get, come along with me and we can move together. All right? Just go to our app. It's free. And just download it and then the notes will be in there. All right? All right? Okay. All right. Let's go back. Seven. Respond to his loving advances with enthusiasm. That didn't sound th th enthusiastic. <laughs> Number eight, if you are concerned about a decision your husband has made, ask him the following. I'm confused about such and such. Can, can you explain it to me? Because most men, they don't like to explain things. Ask him to explain it to you. Hallelujah. And, and I know that explaining might take a while because you're going uh, to follow up with something else. Now, all right, now tell me about this too. See, that's why they don't want to talk because you're going to ask four or five things after that. But that's the way it go, right? Number nine, can we talk about such and such, all right? Whatever that may be. Can we talk about our lack of communication? Or I feel uncomfortable about talking about whatever, and I used an example last week, you know, or talking to strangers about our sexual activity, all right? Number 10, if you find yourself thinking negative about uh, thoughts about your husband, stop and choose to think of his good qualities. Now, that was those 10 ways to, and y'all took on the challenge, you know, the respect challenge. I seen it all online saying, you know, okay, we got to take the respect challenge today. How did y'all fare out this week? <laughs> well, I would hope that y'all did pretty good. How many of y'all did at least 50% of 50% above? above? Let me see your hand. You did 50%. That's all? Oh, okay, y'all. Okay, I get y'all. <laughs> okay, I ain't going to ask no more of <laughs> that question. So, <laughs> so, now, when we look at chapter 5 and verse 25, turn it to the husbands. I don't stop reviewing now. The Lord tell us through Paul that in winning marriages, husbands give love to their wives. Yeah, in verse 25 it says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Y'all still with me? Husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but he feed and cares for it, just as Christ does to church. Then verse 33, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. So husbands, 
You need to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now, that's a tall order. Because Christ loved the church sacrificially. Highlight that word sacrificially. In other words, when you see the word sacrificially, you think about surrender. When you sacrifice, you surrender something. Sacrificially has to do with the word offering. You have to offer up something that you desire or you would like to have or you would want to keep. You got to offer that up. Listen to me, men. Christ loved the church sacrificially. We need to love our wives sacrificially. He gave up his life for the church. Watch this. He is now yet continuously giving on the behalf of the church. No matter how bad the church seems or get, he's still sacrificing for the church. Now some of you men are thinking, I sacrifice for my wife and my family. I work long hours to provide I would lay down my life to protect them from harm. Or I didn't go out, you know, with my buddies after work, but I came home on time instead. Yeah, I sacrificed for her. But listen, we need to understand what sacrifice is. Now, you don't want to get nothing else today, and I know the lady's going to get this part here. You need to highlight this. Here it is. She's going to put it up there on the screen. Sacrifice is not doing what we feel is sacrifice. Wait, let me finish. They're ready to clap, too. It is doing what the others think is sacrifice. So if you are going to really make a sacrifice, you've got to ask the other person if it is a sacrifice. It's something that they see that you have made a sacrifice. So sacrifice is not doing what you feel is a sacrifice. It is what the other person. Now I just knocked some of y'all teeth out right there. See, you had it wrong. You thought that you had it down pat. I, I feel reverend. I feel bishop. I feel pastor that I'm making this sacrifice in the house. I'm doing it, 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 it. No, 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 no. Go back. Ask them how they feel about your sacrifice that you say you made. I go out to work. Well, wait, hold on. Last time I checked, I believe I worked too. See, you, that's your sacrifice, right? Well, I'm, I got money, and I'm saying, well, I, I got money too. I save money too. Huh? Well, I got, you know, I bought the furniture, and, the, and I done bought the dresser in the bed. Well, you sleep in the bed, your clothes are in the dresser. I mean, hey, hey.
Oh, tell me, tell me some more about your sacrifice, brother. Tell me some more. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I, I, I really didn't want to have no children, but I sacrificed and gave you some children. Well, hold up. Last time I checked according to the Bible, that's your seed. And you are more responsible for their care than I am. So, brother, I want to know where the sacrifice is coming from. <laughs> Who said that? Somebody they like this part. You better like the other part too. Nah. Okay. Loving our wives sacrificially is going to look more like this. It's going to look more like going to the mall shopping with her. That means not just hearing what she is saying, but remembering what she said. That's what sacrifice looked like. And also listen to the things going on in her life without offering a solution, but giving her empathy. Because when, when they tell us, uh, what, well, see, what you got to do is you got to do this and this and this, and then it should be fixed. She ain't want that. She wants you to come over there and she tell you something. You, she wants you to come over there and say, oh, baby, you, that's how you feel? Come here, let me give you a little sugar. Oh, you, I, I just so, you know, what can I do to help out? You need me to do your feet or something like that? Hallelujah. I'm going to get to that. Hallelujah. Somebody over in the corner say, wash the dishes. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. By the way, by the way, you know, uh, I bought you them dishes and stuff. Wait a minute. Last time I checked, you know, you eat out them dishes too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I bought you a wash and dry. Well, your clothes get dirty and stinking too, don't they? See, we always talk about what we done done. But we ask you to help out. Well, some of y'all done got quiet. You acting like you're having a Bible study. You're looking down. You won't look up at me now. You used to look up at me, but you won't look up at me now. It's okay. Study her and act upon the things you learn. You're going to learn some things when you study your wife. Here it is. What does she like? Some of y'all don't know what she like. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't know what she like. You've been there all this time and you don't know what she like? Some of y'all ladies going to help me preach. Y'all didn't help me preach last week, but y'all going to help me preach this week. I done heard more women this day today than I heard. They're going to gonna help me today. See, here you go. You, you, if she like, you got to make her coffee or tea. If she like coffee or tea, you got to make it. You got to learn how to make it. See, I really wasn't a coffee drinker. My wife used to make it every time. You know, I don't want no. I don't want no. I'm not a coffee drinker. But I, I learned something. Because, see, I used to be fussy, but, you know, we get ready to go to church and everything like that. I get dressed. I just be sitting and doing other things. But you know what I've learned now? I've learned how to do things now after I get dressed that I don't have to do when I get back home. But I've learned how to, I know what she likes. 
she liked decaf coffee and cappuccino mixed. And she liked it, you know, and I, what I do, I go, I get that, you know, I learned how to get, learn how to use that, that little coffee machine. What the name of that thing, coffee machine? Curry. Yeah, y'all know what it is, Curry. Learn how to run that bad boy. And I get, I get that decaf and I get, I get, I get that cappuccino. And then she liked it. Like to have uh, some cinnamon in in the bottom of a cup, and I put some in there, and I uh, put the little sleeve on so the cup won't be so hot. And then she like to mix it, so I mix them up. She like that, and you don't have to put no sugar in it because it's just right. You got the you got the decaf, and you got the cappuccino, and make it sweet just right, and have it warm and hot for her. And and, and she drinks uh, you know uh, hot lemon water every morning, so I go in and I warm it up, get it right for her, and everything like that. Amen. You know, because Harvey B. been studying Veronica B. So she won't have to do it. So, so while she back there getting dressed and everything, I'm getting all the other stuff ready up front. And, you know, every night, then I got to, you know, get her, you know, uh, get her, if she want a pack of crackers, I get that out for her. If she want a uh, nectarine, I have that. Wash it off and have that ready for her. Amen. Hallelujah. I know she carries a bag around. She gets stuff in her bag. She has to tear out all this extra stuff. So I get the bag, put it in the car. Hallelujah. And then when she come up front, and they said, ooh, this is the best coffee. I said, yes. <laughs> well, see, Bishop, I ain't, ain't going to do all that. You ain't going to make it in 41 years. You ain't going to make it in 41. You ain't going to make it. You ain't going to make it. You ain't going to make it. Well, see, I don't feel like I got to do it. No, no, you, what you don't understand, you signed up to work for the rest of your life. You signed up to love her like Christ loved the church. This is sacrifice, brother. Making that coffee is sacrificial. I ain't want to do no coffee because I didn't drink it. But it wasn't about how I felt or what I wanted to do. My wife wanted it so sacrificially I'm going to get it. Now guess who guess who's drink coffee and cappuccino now? It'd be good. All right. So my question is for you, brother, what does she like? Now yours might not like what I just described. Don't go try to make that and she don't like that. We had a little discussion in, in Mentor. I think I can say this little part here. That one of one of one of our patrons that come say, Ah, you know that what bitch was saying last week when he said, you know, you so sweet, don't do it, cause it don't work. But here's the deal. You can't start an argument and then look over at it and say, You so sweet. That don't work. That don't work. No, you say you so sweet if it was something that she was wrong in and you don't want to call her out on it. You just say, babe, you so sweet. And that smooth things over. That's what I was talking about. You don't just start an argument and then look over there and say, you so sweet. Well, you bitter then. <laughs> Confounded. You call me talking about it, I'm sweet. So you got to make her coffee. You got to learn how she likes it and make it just that way. Don't deviate. See, that's y'all problem. 
Well, I'm going to make it better. I want to put some, I'm going to spice it up. I'm going to put some of this in it because, you know, I'm going to do this and then she going to like, ah, ah. If she don't tell you to put that in it, don't put it in it. If your wife send you to the store to get her something that she's making, don't you deviate and say, I think she need to put this in it. You get exactly what she tell you to get. Somebody say you didn't even know the size. You better know the size. If she wear a size eight, don't you get no eight and a half. Man, I'm teaching better than y'all letting on. I'm telling you right now. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I'm just trying to help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Use it for everything else. Use that cell phone for that. Amen. Take a picture and send it to her while you're there shopping. Hallelujah. What is her favorite type of gift? Does she like flowers? Then you buy some. Somebody say they like carnations. They don't, they don't like roses. They like carnations. They, some of them like carnations. Some, like some, some want some fake flowers. They don't care what. They just like flowers. But you find out what she like. Right? Don't be trying to be all macho. You're going to take this. Next thing you know, it's going to be in the trash. I don't care how much money you spend on it. They don't like it. They don't like it. Amen. You, you got to find out what her love language is. Uh-oh. Now, how many of you read the book by Gary Chapman, The Five Love Languages? Some of y'all probably looked at it. You ain't read it yet. You just thumped through it. You just looked it over. You ain't read the book. Get the book. And some of you, all you got the book, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You ain't done nothing yet. And I had that book so long and ain't done nothing with it. Why are you looking at me, Bishop? I ain't looking at you. I'm just perusing the audience. He got five luggings. I can't really go deep into them, but the first one is the acts of service. Say that with me, the acts of service. For these people, action speaks louder than words. Quit talking about what you're going to do and just do it. Yeah, we really going to go on a vacation. And it's five years later. And you still haven't gone yet. I'm going to plan the vacation this time. And you never have planned it yet. Acts of service. You are here to serve. Let me help you single people. If you're not ready to serve, don't get married. You're here to serve one another. Marriage means service. The second one is the word of affirmation. Say words of affirmation. Now this language uses words to affirm, which is 
to proclaim or to pronounce other people. Listen, as a, as a man, you should pronounce blessings on your wife. I'm talking about words of affirmation. You should proclaim that she is an awesome woman of God who is put on this earth to make you look better. To get your name, find your name, and make it better because you are classified as an awesome help me. You can find something in its raw state and make it out of something great. She can do that, but you got to let her do that. And you got to pour words of affirmation in here. Amen? Now, my nickname for my wife is Beautiful. I get up in the morning, I might say, good morning, beautiful. Or I might say, good morning, my queen. Hallelujah. Y'all don't have no words of affirmation? You're not pronouncing anything on her life? Sometimes I even pray for her. You will be blessed and highly favored of the Lord. God has anointed you to be the uh, awesome woman of God. Sometimes you just lay hands on them and start praying for them. Affirming and reaffirming of who they are. You are a chosen child of destiny. You got royal blood flowing through your veins. You are a true woman of God. When God made you, he had his purpose in mind. The world wasn't ready, but I'm telling you right now that the world is going to be different because you're in it. When you give a wife words of affirmation, you literally, you're probably going to have to beat off. Not only that, I'm just trying to help you out since you didn't read the book yet. You got it on your shelf. I'm just trying to help you out. Person, physical touch. Say that with me, physical touch. Now, now, to this person, nothing speaks more deeply than appropriate physical touch. Physical touch. Now, you know, you ain't got to be all like you in your bedroom when you're out in public or nothing like that. You know, just a physical touch. Come here, first lady, and act like you do it. Come on, come here, come here for me. I'm using your example today. Wait a minute, I normally don't use your example. Right. Just act like you just uh, doing some of the counter, washing dishes or something at the house. No, 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 I can't. No, no, no. <laughs> you don't know what I'm finna do. <laughs> Who she think I am? No, I'm just, just like you watch this. No, 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 I wasn't going to do nothing. Okay, okay. Y'all think that's funny, don't you? I heard some, ah, ha, 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 No, you just worry. I got this. So, so you just come up and just look, you know, touch, physical touch. So, babe, how you doing today? my best to be good to you too. I love you so much. See, that's what I can say. See that? See that? I wasn't going to do nothing out of the box now. 
And don't y'all ask a lady on what would the other one bishop, what, uh, for a lady, what would the other one bishop do? None of your business. None of your business. Find out knows the church folk want to know what the bishop doing. Amen. The bed is on the fire. That's in my bed. That's my house. That's what I do. You do your thing. It's your thing. All right. Okay, so now here's another uh, love language, receiving gifts. Everybody say receiving gifts. And for some people, receiving a heartfelt gift is what makes them feel most loved. Some people, they love gifts. They don't really care too much for you give them a lot of money all the time. They just like gifts. And they don't have to really, they would rather have a gift that costs less than what you would give them out of your pocket. Because it took, they say, well, it was uh, the time you took to get what they really like. Right? Some, some women say, well, you know, Bishop, not just don't give me the money. I'm just telling you. Well, that, you know, that's you. But there are some people receiving gifts they like. So you got to find out what kind of gifts she like. And don't bring something that you know that she, you got you to kind of check that. Say it in such a way about three times that you know that that's what she really like. Because, you know, sometimes in about three months she might like something else. So that's why you got to continue to study her. Because she'll change up on you in a minute. Man, you slow. I liked that three months ago. I don't like that. I don't like that perfume no more. I got a new one. Everybody say you got to keep up. And then the, 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 the fifth uh, love language is this language is all about giving the other person your undivided attention, which is quality time. Everybody say quality time. You got to give them your undivided attention. You can't be watching the game and talking about communication at the same time. Hallelujah. If it's real serious, we're going to have to record the game because this here is more serious. Amen. Hallelujah. And ladies, please don't just try to bring up a conversation when you know he's doing something that he really likes. At least try to be courteous, okay? Amen. You, you know, timing is everything. But now, but if, if it's real serious, it's more serious, you got to put all that aside. Got to turn that thing. Amen? Because, see, I want to be sitting in the house watching a game, and I ain't got no wife no more. <laughs> she said, you want to be married to the Georgia Bulldog? All right, you go ahead and get married to the Georgia. And let's see how that, how that turn out. Because the Georgia Bulldog can't give me what first lady give me. Now, that hands down. Amen? I just use the Bulldog as an example. Don't be saying, he ain't talking about my team. I just use them as an example because I'm in Georgia. Right? So you can't just get married and tell her you love her and think that that should be good enough for the rest of your days. Watch me now. God has designed your wife with a need to feel love from you. Who designed it? That wasn't your doing. That wasn't her doing. God designed her to feel 
love from you to need that love feeling from you. That's how she designed. You mistakenly took it for a nag. It's not a nag. She's designed to receive love from you. And love comes different ways. You got to study her to know how you're showing love to her. Because God designed her that way. God has given you responsibility to meet the need in your wife by showing her in the way that she will receive it. But it will definitely require sacrifice on your, your part. God designed it, but he gave you the responsibility to fulfill it. You didn't hear that, did you? God designed it, but he gave you the responsibility to fulfill it. So if I got to have responsibility to fulfill it, I got to go back to, to the designer. If he designed it, gave me the responsibility, I got to go back to the designer so I can know what I got to do in order to love her. Glory to God, there's some good teaching. So, to both husband and wife. Now, just so you, we understand now, both husbands and wives need to be loved and respected. So, we can be clear. We both need to be loved and respected. Watch this. Don't miss this. We must look for better ways to connect with each other. I'm putting you on assignment. I'm showing you that it's going to cost you something. I'm telling you that it's going to be some work involved. You've got to come up with ways. Look for better ways to connect with your husband and your wife. Some of you have allowed the devil to disconnect you. And you way over there, they're way over there, and there's no connection. After today, y'all find a way, come back together and connect with one another. You're very smart. You're very intelligent. You can come up with ways that can bring y'all back together. Amen. Some of you not as close as you used to be. Uh-uh. Come find ways so y'all can connect. Some normally when they, they talk and they say, you feel me? Uh, he not here today, but you know what I'm saying? In 1 Peter 3, Verse 7, Peter says, look at this, look at this scripture. He says, husbands in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner as, and, and as an heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Ooh, I like that. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Your wife is your gift of life. She helps you fulfill life. She helps you to live. 
And you got to treat them with respect as your delicate china. That's what that means, the weaker partner. As heirs, y'all kids, right, in the spirit. Well, if you have a gracious gift of life, so that your prayers won't be hindered. No wonder God not hearing you. Look how you treating her. All that. And God said that he would be a meat wheel in the middle of the wheel. And I know that he's watching over me. You got all, you got all the theatrics and everything. God saying here, none of that. Please, some master, if you will come by here and stop a little while and listen to your little old servant. God saying, stand all that. I'm begging you to have mercy. God said, you better get up from there because you ain't even treating her right. Ain't, I ain't listening to nothing you say. I don't care how pretty. You done went somewhere and practiced in the woods. Huh? And you got to beat on something. And And ain't living a nickel's worth of dog's meat. You won't live right if you won't live right if living right was in front of you. And throughout the scriptures, we are commanded to love one another, right? And we need to both love and respect each other. Love and respect like food and water. Dr. Emerson uh, Edridge, in his book. Love and respect likens love and respect for men and women to food and water. You need both to survive, but just like you can live longer without food than water, both men and women have a different water. Did you know that? For men, respect is like water, while love is like food. And uh, for the woman, love is like water and respect like food. So, guys, you need to love your wife sacrificially, and wives, you need to respect your husband. And perhaps you have tried this in the past, to have it only fall by the wayside after a week or two. Perhaps some of you have tried, and you just could not do it because you felt like you were being taken advantage of and nothing was happening on the other side. And this is why it is important in winning marriages, my final point is, spouses give Christ their reverence. Say that with me. We must give reverence to Christ. Now look back at verse 21 again. Where it tells us to submit one to another. Notice that it doesn't say to do that so that you will have a good marriage. The other person will respond how you will want. No, we are to submit to one another out of the reverence for Christ. Is that what it says? And to experience the most in a winning marriage as well as in the best life possible requires a relationship with Christ and for us to revere him. Now, 
There are people that can have good marriages that are not Christians who apply these biblical principles to their lives and it will make your marriage better because of how God has created us regardless of what we believe. It's how God created us. But being in a relationship with Christ is the only way to experience the fullness of life that Christ has come to bring and that means in our marriages as well. And when we receive Christ as Savior and have the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we are enabled to love and sacrifice and respect and submit ourselves beyond what our own strength could muster. Because now we have operate, operate and, and act in the strength of the Holy Spirit. We're not operating in our own strength. We're operating under the power of the Holy Ghost. And when we have the Holy Spirit operating in our lives no matter how bad it looks or what we have to go through it turns out all right because we look to him and not look to ourselves can you say amen you're gonna need three in your relationship it's gonna be you her and God you her and the Holy Spirit in order to make it through this life can you say amen Ladies, 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 God enables you to respect your husband when, you do, when he don't deserve it. That's God's doing. And I want to tell you, ladies, it will be impossible to truly give your husband respect without the help of the Lord because he is going to do things at times that will not be worthy of respect, but it will only be because of your relationship with Christ and my God and your desire to glorify him that you are able to still give respect to your husband who does not deserve it. Can you say amen? And guys, God is able, uh-huh, he enables you to love your wife when she doesn't deserve it. Hallelujah. And I want you, I want to tell you guys that there are times that you will not feel like loving your wife, but only by the grace and the strength of God and your reverence for him that you will be able to act in accordance with loving her even when you don't feel like it. Yes, your feelings will tell you that yeah, I, I don't want to do this right now, but you got to reach beyond your feelings and do what God has put in you even though she she does not deserve it. Can you say amen? Even as Christian, if you don't have a reverence and a trust in the Lord that is renewed and refreshed regularly, you may end up as just another statistic. You've got to regularly be refreshed and renewed and revived regularly so that you can keep your uh-huh stand in Christ because there's a devil out there that we got to contend with. There's a devil that's loose out there and you got to always keep your tools sharp and you got to always be in there. That's why you come to Bible study so that you can get some more ammunition against the enemy. You've got to get refilled again and again. You got refilled, got filled once, but you got to get refilled for the next task that's at hand. I don't hear nobody in here. Why? Because you got a devil that's loose out there, a devil that's trying to
to destroy your life. A devil that's trying to destroy your marriage. A devil that's trying to destroy your health. A devil that's trying to destroy your wealth. A devil that's trying to destroy your family. So you got to be ready. You got to put your put your weapons on and put your uh, put your own the whole whole body the arm of God so that you'll be able to quench all the fiery dots of the enemy. Can you say Amen? Where is your shield of faith that you can quench these fiery dots? Where is your sword of the spirit so that you can cut the devil's head off? Hallelujah. So you got to be ready. This is warfare. Look at your neighbor and say, this is warfare. And I want to know, are you ready? Look at him again and say, I want to know, are you ready? Look back at him and say, I'm ready for the warfare that's at hand. Yes. Come on, tell everybody on your own, we're going to fight for each other. If we got to fight in the spirit, uh, if we got to fight in prayer, we're going to be ready for the enemy when he show up the next time. When he come around the next time, he's not going to win this round. This round belongs to us. Baby, we coming out of this thing together. We ain't going to fight each other. We're going to fight together against the devil. We're going to give him, you hit him high, I hit him low. You hit him low, I hit him high. But he's coming down. Can you say amen? amen? Let me close this out. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here today and your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe you have given up hope and it couldn't ever be different. And that's how you feel. Pastor, I don't know if it's going to get it right. I don't know if it's going to ever be any different. And maybe you have a pretty good marriage, but believe that it certainly could be better. I'm just marking time. It's all right, but I don't have that marital bliss that I hear Bishop talk about he and First Lady have. And maybe you are engaged to be married, and when thinking about a lifetime commitment, you become fearful. Or perhaps you are single and one day hope to be married and you desire to begin now by letting God help you to love and respect others in your life. But I'm telling you that I don't care what situation you're in or where you are right now or your status or your situation. Here's the thing. God say he will be with you. He will hold your trembling hand. He will see you through your tests and your trial. You look at this church. This church has been through a lot of tests and trial. People have come. People have left. People have come. People have left. And they've come back again. But I'm here to tell you, just like I told all of them, 31 years ago, if you leave and you decide to come back, I'll be here when you come back until God tell me it's over now, B. Somebody else got to take it home, but I'll be here when you get back. 
Why? Because I know my assignment. And my assignment is to tell you the truth, even if you don't like me. My assignment is to tell you what's right, even though you may say something ill against me. My assignment is to make sure you get what you need so this cruel world won't fool you or dupe you or get you, my God, twisted and turned around and doing something you know that that's not the will of God. Are you following me? You better know your assignment, ladies and gentlemen. You better, I can't even look at some of y'all faces sometimes when I'm teaching because you don't want to look right when I'm talking. You want to look like you're looking. You don't want to smile at that time. It's all right with me. I understand. I done been through what you've been through. And sometimes you don't want to feel like smiling. Sometimes you want to hear, what are you talking about now? I can wait here get on something else. Well, I've been on something else all month long, all the other months. Where you been? I thought we both be talking about family by now. We're September. You still talking about Well, when you get it, then I'll stop. Evidently, you're not getting it. Hallelujah. And somehow we believe that if I could just get a title, maybe my marriage will be good. Your title ain't going to make your marriage good. You can deke all you want to and be a horrible husband, a horrible wife. You can be an elder, a minister, a bishop, a deaconess, or just a plain old member and just have a horrible marriage. You can look like you just got it going on. You're the church mom. You're the church Paul, and your marriage is just raggedy. Nobody want to model their marriage after what you're doing. See, I told you I know my assignment, right? And God sent you here so you can get yourself together. Listen, I don't need to hear about your last church. I don't need to hear about your last pastor, your last first lady. We don't need to hear nothing about that. God sent you here so you can get yourself together. Matter of fact, forget all that that you done been through. God got you here for a new assignment. request for you is a love dare. Say that with me, love dare. Whatever you, wherever you are at, I want to issue you a challenge, a dare, in fact, a love dare. I, I want you to go and rent or download the movie called Fireproof. Write that down, Fireproof. In the movie that you will see or have already seen, Caleb's father issued him a dare not to do anything regarding the divorce for 40 days and to read some things he wrote to him. 
And it was a 40-day devotional with a dare for each day, which was so practical, some practical ways to love and respect your spouse. And, and I want to dare you to pick up one of those devotionals or get a notepad, get the movie, download it, because you know you can download anything. Now you can put it on your phone. And I, I, I want to dare you to pick up, pick that up, and I want to encourage each of you that if you have not seen movie Fireproof yet, to see it. Use this movie and this message series to commit to being the spouse that God wants you to be with his help. Because I'm telling you, I seen the movie and I, you know, I got, I had some tears going on there. Some of y'all need to go back and see it again. You, when you saw it, you was all right, but since that time, you done backslid all the way back down. You need to go come back so you front front slide. You need to, yeah. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. I don't know why people want to, want yeah. to, I'm going to say, I, I know I need, I need to quit. I don't know why people want want to be named a Christian or name an apostle or name a reverend and name the prophet or prophetess and name a minister, name the elder, name a deacon and deaconess. They want all these powerful positions, but they don't want to be the example to live like God wants them to live. Now I'm just going to tell you, in most churches, we need to take all of their credentials. Most churches, most churches, all, most churches, we need to take all their credentials because those, there's some of them, they just only, by name only, that's all they got their title. They're not doing nothing. They're not doing anything like the deacons in the Bible. The Bible's, the deacon, the, the Bible deacons, them bad boy was casting out devils and laying hand on sick people and witnessing to folk. They weren't deacons up here just to count money and, and stir up trouble and see who was the finest woman and get back there back while they count the money. Man, do you see so-and-so? She's fine, ain't she? She's fine. Get yourself back in the service and get on the altar. Nasty tail. Get on the altar. What's wrong with y'all? Take these titles and, 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 and put them on the shelf until you're ready. Hallelujah. Because I understand it now. Because, see, when we were coming on, you got to live right. They ain't want to hear this. I'm doing the best I can. All right? You sit on that bench until you do the. When you finish doing the best you can and you get to living right, then we'll talk to you. Hallelujah. See, we was a football team. Some of you always say, right, you ready to get in the game? Spiritually, you have to sit on the bench. Because you ain't ready. You done let everything turn you and got you thinking crazy. Even COVID done got you from really being as, you know, committed and loyal and dedicated as you used to be. I'm talking in general now. Don't y'all think I'm looking at you when I'm doing like this. 
But I'm just talking in general. A lot of folks, they have allowed even the COVID and everything else to keep them from being dedicated and loyal. And some folk have allowed the newness to wear off. You, when you first got in your church, you was, man, you was on fire. But now the newness don't worn off. You, we can't even find you hardly. Because the newness have worn off. I said Wednesday that God reminded me that this is an evangelistic church. This is why we're called the winning church. We ought to go out and evangelize. We ought to go out and win souls. This is evangelistic church. We do the work of evangelists and make full proof of our ministry. That's what the Bible says. If you go day to day without witnessing to anybody or inviting them to church or telling them about Jesus, you are missing it. God didn't let you wake up this day so for you not to talk to nobody. Every day you wake up, you're on a mission. You're supposed to do the work of evangelism, especially us that got titles. Do the work of evangelism and make full proof of your, how do we know you got that calling? How do we know you got that assignment? Because you showed us by evangelizing and reaching the laws. You know, Paul, be right here. And then when I'm going to get up there to preach, never. Since you asking for it. You ain't ready because you're not proving your ministry. You're not proving your eldership, your deaconship. Are you hearing me? Your ministership, you're not proving that. You only let allow the Holy Spirit to let you go out and talk to somebody about Christ. Shame on us. As a church that we allow people to just ride and fly by us and we don't ever feel the urge or nothing to tell them about Jesus or invite them to our church. Shame on us. This is an evangelistic church. We're supposed to go out and be concerned about folk going to hell. Yeah, you know, I'm shy. Shy ain't got nothing to do with it. We didn't tell you you had to hold, know the whole Bible. We didn't tell you you have to have a title. We didn't tell you you have to do all these. You got to do these, these five steps. No, we didn't tell you none of that. All you got to do is be a believer. Amen. Tell your testimony of what God did in your life. And that's enough to get somebody interest, to get somebody curiosity, to say, if God can turn your life around, I know he can turn my life around. Come on, y'all. How many of you was a mess before you got saved? You was a mess in a mess. Some of y'all lying in here because you know you was a royal mess. But God turned your mess into a message. He's turning our mess into a message. Say that with me. He's turning my mess into a message. That Jesus lived. Jesus saved. Jesus healed. Jesus satisfied. Jesus loved. Jesus will deliver.
say you before you come here and look pretty on Sunday? Even though you do look good. But he didn't say you just for that. I think you're supposed to look good. He beautified and meek with salvation. So we got to cut this out. Just existing. It's pining away. Wasting away. I'm just waiting for my time. What? To leave here? If you ain't going to do nothing on behalf of God, might as well go and see Jesus now. If he can't use you no more, I believe he can use you, though. You know what else I believe? You about to get your fire back. Look at yourself. I'm getting my fire back. I'm getting my fire back. On fire for Jesus. Look out, world. Here come the winning church. Here come that evangelistic church. We're going to reach the Lord. God to just etch that in your mind that you are evangelistic church, that you are here to win souls. You are the winning church. Your marriage should be so good that you ain't got time to argue. All you got time for is to win souls. Your single life should be so good you ain't worried about no money, no honey, or nothing that you are ready just to win souls, baby. Are you hearing me single folk up in here? Your life should be so good, you should have such a good health that you ain't worrying about your health that God, all I'm concerned about is winning. So, because I know that if I know you like I know you, you're going to heal my body anyway. If I could do this with being broke up like I am now, you wait until I really get healed. Where I really get well, I'm going to show you something. You can use anybody, God, you can use me. Hallelujah. I know that wasn't a part of the message, but that was just on my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is time when in church. Time is of the essence. These people being lost. And here's the deal. Don't you worry about rejection. But I don't want to be rejected. That ain't your department. He said, go. Preach. Teach. Baptize. He didn't say worry about whether they reject you or not. He said go, preach, teach, baptize, heal. He said do those things. And if they do reject it, kick the dust off your feet. It's their loss, not yours. Are you following? Okay, I'm done now. Everybody stand up. Come on, everybody stand. I was supposed to be done about 15 minutes ago, but stand on up. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're here today, you say, you know what, Bishop? I know you're on a marriage but all you said just really words have just touched my life today. I'm that one that need Christ in my life. If that's you, why we got our heads bowed. And, uh, if that you, just raise your hand. Say, I'm that one that need Christ in my life. Just raise your hand if you know that's you. Anybody here? If you know that, hey, Bishop, I kind of, you know, backed up a little bit, but I'm ready to go forward. 
that you raise your hand.